Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, as always, for being here. It is 5.40 in the morning on Monday, and uh, man, I'm up early to get an episode together for you guys. It has been a a busy weekend uh, full of a a lot of family functions and uh, birthday parties and and the the whole nine. But uh, we did start Saturday morning off with closing on our uh, home equity line of credit to be able to purchase an investment property. Uh, we've been kind of talking about that on the uh, on the episode. So that's kind of progressing. Uh, we're still waiting on the other house to get cleaned out and then order in order to uh, set up closing to go ahead and purchase and uh, have our first investment property. So that uh, is going to be, I guess, fast and furious here in the next couple weeks. But uh, right now we're kind of in the lull b- before the storm, I-, I guess you'll say. Uh, so that is coming together. Uh, you know, the interest rates are high on that, but um, that is going to be a way for us to unlock some some value out of our home and uh, to be able to get that cash ready to be able to buy uh, with no contingencies and just kind of make it a smooth transaction. Uh, and then we can also uh, pull some cash out to do some remodel. Uh, in order to get the house ready to be able to rent it for a little bit more money than what we could just as is. Uh, So uh, with all that being said, I I guess uh, as far as what a line of credit, um, there's definitely some good uses for it. There's definitely some bad uses for borrowing money. Uh, I don't believe in borrowing money uh, on credit or anything to invest in the stock market. It's a very risky uh, strategy. The, you don't necessarily have the cash flow. Um, you know, you got to repay these payments every month. You're paying interest on stocks. Stocks can obviously go down in value. So can a house, but you have that cash flow uh, to be able to support the payment that um, you that you're taking on when you're buying a home. Uh, so that is all kind of my uh, my two cents there. But you can also uh, take that cash out in order to pay down higher price debt, say you've got credit card debt or student loan debt, maybe that's higher. I'm not too sure. Um, but if you had a lower uh, line of credit interest rate, say, you know, a couple of years ago when it would be dirt cheap and you're paying two, three, four percent on it versus now at eight uh, percent, it might make sense to pay off that higher um, percentage of uh, interest on credit cards, combine all that, pay it down and then pay simply on your your line of credit. But um, that might not be the case with the interest rates being a little bit higher. So definitely take a look at your options if you are trying to pay down debt. Um, It's not, uh, like I said, not something that I would use for um, a lot of different things that really don't have uh, that that cash flow on the back end of it. Uh, I'm not looking to invest in that. I know people have talked about that before with with interest rates being so cheap uh, a few years back. Hey, why don't I borrow the market? It looks like it's going going through the roof and I've got access to cheap money at uh, you know three four percent and may maybe right I mean it, it, I think it's very dangerous and then when the market falls and it goes down 30 percent and you have nothing to sell in order to pay back these uh, 
this credit, uh, it gets a little little muddy in the water for me. So I would not recommend doing that, but uh, you know, to each their own. But um, going forward, um, man, uh, we had a rough day on Thursday. We kind of knew some of that uh, based on earnings from from Wednesday, uh, a lot of different things going on in the market. But um, we had some earnings come out Thursday that I really feel propped up uh, the market for Friday. I'm going to take a quick sip of coffee here. So we had Amazon, we had Apple come out. And uh, I think Amazon really, really saved the market on Friday. I think if they would have missed, if they would have guided down, man, I, I think the whole market would have been down 2% plus if if Amazon did not report good numbers. So they uh, they reported solid. They went up about 8% on the day. Uh, I think they were up about 10, 11% at one point. And uh, man, this was definitely a, a great story for the recovery of the market because it, it would have been a bloodbath on Friday. Uh, you know, Apple also came out and they said that uh, iPhone sales were slumping. They had a lot of inventory that they were trying to uh, get rid of. But, um, you know, Amazon kind of said opposite, really. They said, uh, you know, there's a lot of growth in the segments that uh, in cloud and uh, a lot of the the high profit margin businesses that they have but they were also able to guide higher. Uh, so I'm looking at an article on Reuters here. And uh, we've got uh, people saying they're raising the price targets up to about 170, uh, an upside of about 32% to Amazon shares that have already risen of almost 50% this year. Uh, we've got uh, yeah, increased estimates for earnings going forward, which is definitely nice. We, we always like that guide higher when uh, when we report, even if we have a good quarter, but then when they say, hey, uh, things are slowing, that is going to bring uh, that stock down more times than not. There, there's definitely outliers to that rule. Uh, I guess it's not really a rule, but it, it does happen a lot when uh, people say that the, the next quarter is looking a little bit less uh, profitable. Things are going to come back down. So um, the iPhone maker uh, warned on Thursday that it was headed for a fourth straight quarter of declining sales as demand continues to slow for its flagship device, uh, the iPhone. And uh, that is definitely what was bringing Apple down. I think they closed about 3% lower. We were at low, er, around the low 190 mark. And now I think we're sitting at the lower yeah 181 currently. And uh, we had a, a decent drop off from 198 on July 19th down to 181. So we've definitely given a lot of this uh, uh, gains back that we had since the beginning of the year, simply in the last uh, few days here. But uh, definitely still a strong company, right? The cash position that Apple has is still enough to be the 65th biz- biggest company in the uh, in the stock market just on their cash position alone. So that is a, a massive uh, you know, bargaining chip when it comes to Apple stock, what they can do, where they can pivot, uh, the things that they want to invest in or the way they can make money with that cash is just unstoppable right now. So uh, that is certainly something to look at as well. Uh, now, uh, Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway also reported and uh, he said, you know, they're, they're building a cash position. 
Uh, let me get back to that article here. We've got uh, Warren saying that they are, are building that cash position. It's certainly uh, something that we should probably take note of uh, in the fact that if he's raising more and more cash and not going into stocks, we should probably pay attention to the reasons why uh, he is uh, buying up more treasuries. And uh, I believe that he said that they were buying $10 billion this past Monday, $10 billion the Monday before. And they're buying $10 million or $10 billion today. Uh, and the only thing that they need to figure out, is it going to be a three-month yield or the, the six-month treasury yields? So definitely something where he is looking for less risk and still having a way to make money. And that is going to be in, uh, in those treasuries. So uh, I definitely think that when he speaks, we, we, we certainly need to listen or at least pay attention to what's going on out there. The fact that he's not buying means a lot of other people aren't going to be buying. They're going to rotate into some other uh, sectors. And uh, that's certainly going to be something that we uh, we need to know as investors. Um, now I'm trying to get back to that uh, that Warren Buffett article. And uh, he was saying that their their Apple position has actually uh, gone up in value about $70 billion since the start of the year. They are uh, selling their... I think net uh, sellers of stocks this quarter of about $8 billion that they've trimmed. And uh, that makes sense. He doesn't like overvalued positions. And, um, you know, a lot of these PEs that are in the, the companies that he owns are getting stretched. You know, Apple, uh, Coca-Cola, these, uh, these PEs are definitely rising. Bank of America is certainly up there um, compared to where they normally are. Uh, Apple is sitting at a 30.5 times PE which I would imagine is generally trades in the, the lower to mid 20s. Um, no, Bank of America is very low, but it's it's probably trending a little bit higher for a bank stock at nine times. And then Coca-Cola, uh, I still think that these are getting to the point where they're just way overvalued. Um, Coke is sitting at 25. I think it should be more in the, the upper teens uh, for me to really want to buy into Coca-Cola. I believe Pepsi's sitting a little bit higher than that. Uh, I think I might have got the two flipped here. But uh, yeah, Pepsi's sitting at 32 times. So definitely a case where he's trying to trim some of these positions that he believes are, are overvalued, uh, rotate that money back into some bond yield, and uh, ladder them out, right? That is certainly a case where he likes to stagger these buys uh, for the fact that you know in three months when they expire or six months when they expire, he's going to have this cash and the interest back in his accounts. So it's just like a, a constant uh, wheel of uh, income coming back in with $10 billion uh, chunks. You know, we might not have that money to play with. Uh, I'm going to say that we don't. But uh, if you do that with $1,000 or, you know, $5,000 or whatever those minimums are, we could certainly do a similar uh, strategy and, and have that income rolling back into our accounts, So uh, you know, every other week or however we are buying them. So that is certainly something to look at as well. And uh, the, the fact that he really doesn't want to buy stocks really makes you think like what, what is out there? Uh, you know, what, what kind of fears is he really concerned with? Are the stocks just overvalued? Does he see a recession coming? What is the, uh, the trend that he is concerned about? And uh, why is he not buying, right? I, I still think that a lot of sectors of the market are overbought. Uh, so it does make it really hard for me to want to rush out to buy 
uh, some some high tech or high growth stocks when these prices are just getting you know run up again like they did in 2020 2021 and really where are we going to find any value and I, i've talked about utilities and, and uh, uh energy or oil and gas we talked about some medical names i definitely still like those right i definitely think that they make sense on a cost side as to how much they're going to uh how much we're paying for them now versus uh, their earnings and what they've got coming up. Uh, and some of those definitely still make sense to me, right? I'm looking at Chevron and that's at a 10 times PE. That makes a little bit of sense to me. But uh, some of them, they, they just don't really uh, you know, translate well for me to be able to buy them and feel comfortable that I got a good entry point. So definitely think about, uh, you know, is this going to be a run up into a moment where the market just falls off? Uh, are these names going to collapse if uh, if things or if the market does go uh, south for for a while? Uh, so certainly think about that. If it's uh, a, a position that you have that you really feel that uh, you've made good money in, uh, it's okay to take some money off the table. That is not uh, something that we can't do, right? I know being long investors generally means you're holding these stocks for years. But uh, in some of these cases, if you got into NVIDIA or if you got into some of these tech names and they're up more than 100%, I don't have a problem with uh, taking some profits, right? And, you know, maybe being able to buy back in when they drop back down. Um, if, if the market does go south, if it drops 20, 30%, maybe you can buy a little bit more and uh, get a little bit more return as you average back down uh, from your sell side uh, price point. So, Understand that that is not a sin, right? It is not a problem to take uh, profits. And uh, I know a lot of people don't really like doing that. Uh, you like to uh, you know, maybe live off the dividend or see that, uh, that number grow. But at some point, uh, when the valuation doesn't make sense, and simply because the share price is expensive, doesn't really mean that the company hasn't grown with it. So look at the PE, look at the earnings. If they've trended trended in the right way, if the projections are looking good for going forward, uh, maybe that's not the one you want to sell. But um, if if it's getting to the point where that PE is you know 50, 60, 70 times or percent more than where it normally sits, it's probably going to come back down for uh, at some point if the earnings do not match where this share price has gone. So that is definitely where we see a stretched uh, valuation. Price to sales numbers that have spiked back up, that is going to be a stretch valuation. And maybe it might be time to uh, to take some gains and uh, and be ready for the next um, you know drop. And there's, there's definitely going to be some drops along the way. It's not a straight line up. And we can certainly average into some other names over time in order to build that position back out. So uh, we also had uh, some jobs numbers on Friday. And uh, I was listening to some economists on one of the uh, XM radio, and they were saying that uh, we were looking for 200,000 jobs. I think we got 179,000 jobs. And this was a case where that was actually a good thing on Friday. It didn't come in too hot. We didn't miss that number, you know, only adding 50,000 jobs. But uh, it wasn't, uh, you know, we, we added... 300,000 jobs. It's it's kind of keeping that economy on track. We uh, think the interest rate numbers are going to um, 
you know, kind of work their way back down as uh, we aren't adding all these new jobs with higher and higher salaries every every quarter or every other week. And uh, it's definitely a case where it was a Goldilocks kind of moment. And I think the market kind of rejoiced on that as well. Uh, so Amazon, some of the jobs numbers coming out, they definitely helped. Uh, we did have Qualcomm come out and report. And this one is a tough one. Uh, I've been in Qualcomm uh, QCOM for quite a long time at this point. And uh, it's certainly been a stock that has treated me pretty well. I'm not gonna. I'm not really gonna complain about this one. Uh, they had the chips in all the iPhones. Uh, Apple and them are kind of parting ways. Apple's gonna be making their own chip. Uh, but now, Qualcomm has been talking about uh, making the chips for the automotive and for the Internet of Things, and still making handset chips. Uh, handset chips for for phones are going to be a bulk of their business, and uh, right now there is an inventory glut. Uh, but you know, Qualcomm has really pushed the fact that they are going to be in automotive and IoT going forward. That's really where they want to drive the business. The earnings has looked like it's dropping for a few quarters, uh, and it looks projected to be lower for the next year and a half. So. Uh, this one's this one's hard for me. Uh, their their mobile device unit makes up about eighty percent of the stock price. Uh, we've got uh, uh, currently we're we're looking at a lot of their other business really taking over a lot of that market share for them, but they just keep talking about it. It really hasn't uh, you know grown into be that piece of the business that really is where they're going to. Uh, it's just right now it just feels like a lot of talk. So the fact that uh, device sales or cell phone sales has dropped and there's a lot of inventory glut and we heard that from Apple as well, it's uh, it's very difficult to really think that they are really going that way when they've been saying it for so long, but it really hasn't transitioned. So uh, I, I'm at a tough spot here. This one dropped, I think, the, the most in a one day uh, since uh, February 21. And they went down about 8.2% on Thursday. So, man, this one, I, I really want to think that they're going to get on that right path, that uh, that things are going to recover and and really you know get back to some kind of solid footing. We were on uh, July 11th, we were at 116. Uh, we, we shot back up to around 132 on the 31st. And then we dropped to about 118 after earnings. We're sitting at 120 run one right now. So we had been lower. We we ran up into earnings and then we dropped on a lot of that earnings news from the standpoint that they had too much in inventory. They're still way too heavy in handset sales and they don't have Apple as a customer anymore, or at least not the, the scale that they did. Uh, so we gave a lot of it back. I really want to think that uh, they... Uh, one, it's going to be a cyclical pro uh, problem with phone sales, but I also want them to get into the other business that they've been promising for so long and uh, really do something with it, right? The, the PE is sitting at a 15.8, which seems fine, but they have been trading lower than that before. So, man, I, I really want to think that this company can get back on track, but they haven't really been showing me that. So it's been really tough to... to kind of sit around and wait for this move. I don't know that I'm going to sell it. Part of me really wants to buy more, 
but I, I might just sit on my hands on this one and see what they've got going on. My position's already decently sized. I don't really need to take the swings for it. Uh, so analyst research, what is what are they saying? I, I really want to see if there's anything new on this one. And I'm sure there is. There's got to be. We've got uh, about 14% of upside. Deutsche Bank says hold at 120. Oppenheimer just says hold. Uh, Susquehanna says it's a buy at 140. Uh, Rosenblatt says buy at 145. And Piper Sandler says buy at 140. Uh, so two holds on the first page, three buys. These were all from the 3rd of August. Uh, you know, three of the price targets being in the 140s. Uh, Barclays on the 3rd also says 140. Uh, Morgan Stanley says buy 129. JP Morgan says buy 148. Mizuho uh, buy at 140. And Baird says buy at 150. So there are, uh, of the first 10, there's eight buy ratings, two hold ratings. And these are all within the last, uh, you know, five days. So uh, more buys and uh, and price side appreciation here on uh, Qualcomm. But um, man, I, I just really want to see this company show me that they're getting into the, the areas of business that they are promising. And uh, I haven't seen that yet. Uh, I really think that it's it's got to be coming at some point. You just get to the point where you're getting impatient with the the you know talking about something and failing to deliver on what you continually talk about. So that's kind of what I got on Qualcomm. Uh, I did want to get to some DraftKings news uh, as well as Visa, which doesn't seem like uh, two companies you normally pair together. But uh, DraftKings and Visa both had some insider sells uh, over the past couple of days. Uh, let's take a look here at DraftKings. It might not even be on here yet. Um, it is not. But uh, as far as the insider activity, but I know on the news, there is some insider sell from Matthew Kalish, the uh, director, president of the DraftKings, uh, sold 311,000 shares uh, for 10.6 million. Uh, so he's selling out. So again, this one, I, I mentioned this before that these are starting to get back into some decent territory for me. Do you you know, trim these positions? Do you get out of them? Is this the top? Uh, are we going to see these names kind of crumble or are they going to run up into sports season in the fall? We're currently sitting at 31 point uh, or $31.74. We're looking at a price target of around 33 and a quarter. So not much more price side appreciation from 25 different analysts. When we look at the charts though, this has moved up um, from around $11 in uh, January to around thirty-one dollars now, so it's uh, it's almost tripled in that uh, in that time frame. So I'm thinking a lot of these people are seeing uh, an exit point where it actually makes sense for them. That ten point six billion dollars that he sold now would have been worth three point two roughly in January. So he's definitely uh, you know taking some some money off the table. I, I don't blame him. But uh, it doesn't really give you a lot of confidence for where DraftKings is going forward. Uh, there, there could be a lot of different reasons for these sells. I'm, I'm not too sure why he sold, but uh, we're definitely selling out of it. So we've got uh, Visa, similar uh, insider activity uh, for Visa on the sell side. And uh, nothing is actually on the insider selling. So I'm just looking at news right now. But uh, when it comes to Visa, we've got uh, Ryan McInner. I'm not. I'm going to botch that name. Ryan 
for the director CEO on August 1st sold uh, 8,150 shares in Visa for about $2 uh, million. So he's also trimming positions. So you're, you're wondering why, is this a top? Is this, he seeing some problems in the economy? Uh, why are we getting out of this name at this point in time? Uh, I'm still uh, very bullish on Visa. Uh, I'm not selling my Visa. I, I do have some options, uh, action on DraftKings uh, to maybe take some off the table for myself. But uh, Visa, I'm not quite seeing the same thing. But um, I, I love the business. I, I love the the margins. I think it's a much safer company and a lot less to worry about with uh, Visa versus DraftKings. There's still around 18.7% of upside on Visa. I would still possibly be purchasing, th purchasing this for myself. Uh, I still definitely like these companies. I think the, the Visas and the MasterCards of the world are in a good spot. They did not run up nearly as much as other tech names uh, throughout the course of the year. And uh, I definitely think that they have more upside to go when it comes to uh, some large cap tech names that are going to give you some safety. And again, Visa, PE sitting at 30. Reminder, Pepsi sitting at 32. I would certainly rather have the growth and margins of Visa versus, uh, you know, Pepsi sitting at a 32 times multiple. Yes, you're getting uh, a little bit more dividend, but uh, far less growth when it comes to uh, Pepsi versus Visa. So again, I would I would probably uh, steer my ship towards that Visa path and, uh, you know, maybe not be buying so much uh, com uh, consumer staples, even though they have performed very well. Uh, I don't know that they are going to remain that elevated for that long. So you, you definitely got to weigh out your options as to what you're buying and why. If you've already got consumer staples, I would certainly, you know, leave them alone for a minute. Uh, I would definitely look for some undervalued things that really haven't run up with others. But um, what else we got? Uh, Amazon, Apple, Qualcomm, DraftKings, Visa, all covered that. We covered the jobs. We covered Berkshire. Uh, I think I can go ahead and take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about the investing challenge for week 33. So stick around. I'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. And uh, if you have not yet subscribed to the show, please go ahead and do so and hit that bell notification icon. Uh, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple, uh, wherever else you're listening from, uh, definitely go ahead and make sure that you follow along. Uh, and if you can go ahead and invite some others uh, to join the podcast and and take uh, part of what we're doing over here. I uh, would definitely appreciate that as well. We're also on uh, Facebook with uh, the group page with Let It Grow Investing, where we are doing our investing challenge for 2023. Uh, we have definitely seen some massive gains this year from the start of the year. We finished 22 down, uh, but that was definitely a rough year to uh, get started on uh, investing. So uh, we are now seeing some green. We're seeing some growth. And uh, definitely be great to see you guys over there voting on a stock that we talk about on the show and then go ahead and purchase every Monday. So uh, this Monday, uh, we did have a vote open for this this past week. We had Google, uh, parent company Alphabet, Meta Platforms, Facebook, uh, Instagram, WhatsApp. We had Visa, Palantir, and uh, Next Era Energy. Uh, so the, the votes are in. We did have a tie, though. We had a... Uh, a tie between uh, two names, and uh, those names were Visa and Next Era Energy. So, man, after I just talked up Visa, I had to decide which one do I want to buy at this point in the cycle. 
this one is uh, is tricky, right? I mean, on one hand, I, I think you know you you look at Warren saying, "Hey, you know the the economy could slow down. I'm building up a cash position," and uh, you could think that, "Hey, some people are going to be really swiping that credit card if if things go south, if if the market does uh, fall out or the economy drops, uh, people might be using those credit cards more." But at the same time, you know, they, we might be. Uh, really looking for a little bit of safety. People are going to run into those utility companies if, uh, if things get really bad out there. So uh, next era energy makes a little bit more sense too. So uh, man, between the two, I, I had to think about this one. I, I Ultimately, I broke the tie and I'm going with next era energy uh, for the standpoint that I think they do have a, a solid growth path. They've got, uh, I believe they just raised the dividend and uh, they have a higher dividend as well, uh, so not not so high as uh, other utility companies, but uh, I think somewhere in that two percent range versus uh, Visa at point uh, seven percent. So we get a little bit more growth in the short term. Uh, I do believe that uh, Visa could outperform them. The PE is obviously lower on a utility company. Next Air Energy sitting at a seventeen uh, quarterly dividend is at two point seven percent. Uh, so a little bit uh, cheaper cost of entry there, a little bit more dividend, and actually a little bit more on the analyst research side. We've got about 25% of uh, stock price upside here for an average price target of 86.50. Uh, I believe Visa's was somewhere around 18% upside when I was looking at that. Yeah, 18.7% upside on Visa. Still a decent amount of uh, a room to run for Visa. But um, I, I just wanted a little bit more safety into the portfolio right now, especially with uh, some of the commentary out of, um, uh, sorry, out of uh, Warren uh, Buffett's company, Berkshire Hathaway, and uh, Visa with the insider sales, we might get a little bit uh, lower of an entry point uh, in the next uh, couple weeks. So uh, we, we got to take all those different pieces into uh, the puzzle as we're looking for a stock to buy. And uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of names out there to be able to uh, purchase and you really got to whittle it down to what makes sense for you. So a uh, quick update on uh, our Weeble portfolio. Uh, that's where I'm doing the investing here for the investing challenge. Uh, so $200 today will be going into uh, Next Era Energy, NEE. We are still up on this uh, this portfolio around $936 over that course of uh, what about uh, 20 months now, give or take, and uh, definitely nice to see some some gains here. Uh, it was higher, but uh, we've also been much much lower as far as percentage of uh, of gains. So it was definitely a case where uh, don't panic, keep buying, and uh, and wait for these uh, these numbers to come back up. So uh, that's what I got there. Now going forward, I had to come up with five names for week 33. Uh, so week 32, we're uh, buying next era. Now on to week 33. Man, where do we want to look? Oh, man. And, and some of these are kind of contradictory to things that we talked about today. Some of them make sense from other things we've seen in the market from uh, past episodes. And the first one that I'm saying, hey, I didn't really want to buy too much high growth tech. This one is certainly in that category. But the name is Uber Technologies. I talked about it on last episode in the fact that they are guiding higher and they're finding profitability really had me thinking that, hey, maybe Uber is onto something. 
there's still complaints about being underpaid, but uh, I mean, you, you don't have to drive for these people. You could certainly work somewhere else. Uh, but in San Francisco, there's uh, some audit going on, internal civil rights audit as to whether or not the the money that they're making in uh, San Francisco is enough. And it's probably not. San Francisco's ridiculously expensive. And if you're not driving an EV out there and you're, you're paying for gas in California at, uh, I think, like six bucks a gallon, that's uh, that's crazy compared to the rest of the country. Nevertheless, it's uh, still a company that is getting to profitability. I still think they're going to be doing autonomous at some point in time. And we're going to see a lot of these uh, different auto t- uh, robo taxis rolling out and really driving some of their growth uh, higher, their, their margins higher as they get drivers out of these vehicles. Uh, so that is uh, is number one here for me. I definitely like that business. I, I use Uber more than taxis. Anytime I'm in a big city, I, I can't even recall the last time I used a taxi. They got about uh, 30% of upside. We're sitting at 45.20. Average price target's around 58.70. So I definitely think that there's upside. I think that we've got momentum in this name. Uh, and I think that that travel trend is still there, right? People are still getting back out there and, and using this service. And, uh, you know, I definitely think that is going to be a company that continues to grow and uh, that growth is going to be exponentially higher when we get into robo taxis. We're going to see a lot more of that money reaching the bottom line for Uber Uh, ticker U-B-E-R. So that is number one. Um, Now, number two, uh, I simply looked at what we were buying this time last year and that uh, week 33 last year was a, a week of REITs. Uh, real estate investment trust, normally going to get a higher dividend. And you're investing in a lot of uh, companies that own real estate. So this one that won last year is uh, MPW, Medical Properties Trust. Oh man, this one this one has, has given and taken away and, and done all the things. It's been... It's been troublesome, right? We we're looking at the one year, um, you know, this time last. Well, I'm going back to like last August, maybe it's uh, on here, maybe last September. We were probably sitting around fifteen dollars. We gave a lot of that money back. Uh, you know, in the beginning of or end of March, we were sitting then at seven fifty. So it got about cut in half. Uh, I was trying to buy a lot of it down there to get these larger dividends. Uh, they did. Uh, reassure that dividend. That dividend right now is sitting at 11.6%. They sold off some of the business that was uh, um, kind of problematic. They, they raised a lot of cash in that way. I think it was an Australian property. They, they do own properties that own medical facilities. Uh, so uh, the, the other thing is they had a lot of people that were slow on paying their payments to MPW for renting or leasing that property. And that was also a, uh, a downer on the stock. So that was hurting. Uh, but they sold off of the business. They raised some cash. They were making sure that these payments were coming back in. They were tightening up some of those strategies and uh, investing elsewhere. So the, the company did come back up. We did see them hit uh, in the $10 range this past week. We got up to about 1024, uh, $10.60 maybe. And now we're back down in the $9.95 range. But uh, I still think that we have Good dividends. Uh, I think that is going to be safe. They're, they're trying to forecast that that's going to be safe. Uh, I know that there is a lot of expenditures going on in the company, but uh, hopefully that dividend remains in place. Uh, so one, when it comes to real estate, 
not all of it's the same, right? I, I definitely think that there are things that I am a little bit more concerned about in this market. And looking at uh, last year, uh, let me just do a quick uh, quick run through. This time last year, we were looking at Simon Property Group, Prologis. Uh, Simon does uh, retail mall operations. Prologis does warehousing. MPW does medical facilities. Ventos does uh, senior housing, I believe, is what they do. Pretty much uh, is the, the core of their business. And then IIPR, which is uh, cannabis grow operations and warehousing uh, for that business. So... Uh, I definitely was trying to stay away from companies that are uh, really focused in um, like employment centers and actually having people come back into the office or office buildings. That's probably the better the better term here. Office buildings. I really don't know where that side of real estate is going to go. Uh, a lot of these smaller shops, uh, I'm not too sure where some of those are going to go. It, it seems like everyone wants to work from home. We might not need that office space. We can kind of, uh, you know, leave those leases and and not be paying so much. Everyone really realized that we can work from home. We kind of thought that, uh, you know, the the shopping mall theme or whole business was just going to crash in a lot of ways that it did. But there's still people that want to go out and actually go into these malls. And I think the malls have also pivoted to be more of an entertainment kind of space have more restaurants or dining in those areas and have more reason for people to come out to the shopping malls rather than simply just shopping anymore. Uh, so I definitely think that there's been a change there. But uh, I, the the real estate that, that kind of worries me is that uh, that office building type model. I don't know where that business is going to go. So I, I really don't want to look at those. But uh, so back to number two of this week, MPW. Uh, I don't think that uh, medical properties are going anywhere. We're, we're, we've got some teledoc and things like that, but a lot of the time people need to come in and be seen. And if you've got any kind of uh, you know medical equipment and things like that, you can't use that over the computer. Uh, so we've, we've got to have people come into the, to the offices for uh, medical uh, procedures. So I still think that that business is strong. And uh, I think that it... At that 11.6% dividend, I still want to uh, have that dividend rolling in uh, every quarter into my portfolio. So that is number two. I'm going to stick with it. We went with it last year. Do we average down on this one from where we bought last year? Uh, that's up to you. Get over there to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook to uh, vote up for one of these five names. Uh, number three, um, let's roll into Albemarle, which is ticker ALB. And uh, they do a lot of production of lithium. Uh, I believe they do other metals as well. Uh, let's take a look here. The company operates through three segments, energy storage, specialties, and Ketgen. Energy storage uh, contributes to the growth of clean miles driven with electric vehicles and more efficient use of renewable energy through grid storage. Uh, specialty segment enables the prevention of fires starting in electronic equipment greater fuel efficiency from rubber tires and the reduction of emissions from coal-fired power plants. Uh, the Ketgen business creates a efficiency of natural resources through more usable products from a single barrel of oil, enables safer, greener production of alkalites used to produce more environmentally friendly fuels and reduced emissions through cleaner transportation fuels. Uh, so they've got uh, energy storage, uh, petroleum refining, consumer electronics, construction, automotive, 
lubricants, pharmaceuticals, and crop protection. So a, a lot of different stuff that they do here that I really wasn't aware of. But uh, I do think as far as the production of lithium goes, uh, I think this is going to be a strong business going forward. They're in the right areas at the right time. And uh, I think that it could be a solid move for our portfolio here to get into a company that is uh, is in that lithium space uh, at this point in time. So uh, they did have some upgrades. We had uh, Barenberg Bank uh, adjusted from 220 up to 235. Uh, Mizuho brought their price target up to 227 from 225. Uh, we've got uh, Credit Suisse is still negative on this one. Uh, they're keeping an underperform rating, but moved it up from 163 to 185. We're sitting at 200. So there is a couple people saying this one's going lower. We've got a 0.8% dividend. We've got a PE of a six. Uh, we've got a, a high price point of 344 on the street, which is 72% higher from here. But the average is 252. So about 26% higher from uh, this price point of $200. So I definitely think that uh, this is going to be one that is going to continue to grow. Uh, the performance over the past five years is pretty solid as well. Uh, I really hadn't paid attention to this one for a, a good while. Uh, but I do think that uh, this, this one has moved up substantially from where I really started following it. Uh, in 2019, this was a $68 stock. Uh, I think I was trying to get into this one around 100 uh, I might have gotten in and out of this one. I really don't recall exactly what I did with it. But uh, the fact that it has continued to grow, the the earnings, I looked at that on Reuters uh, over the weekend. And uh, I got to bump myself off of the uh, the laptop here and and, and hop on the, uh, the phone to pull up the Reuters. Uh, it's the way that I prefer to, to look at these, these numbers here. So if I look up Albemarle, uh, on E-Trade, if I go down to Analyst Research, that's where I do a lot of my uh, research here. We've got uh, Albemarle is a 10 as far as positive outlook. It's rated to buy five-year return of 116%. Uh, five broker upgrades in the last 120 days. They're saying about 34% of price target appreciation. Zero downgrades. We've got uh, growth uh, and revenue of 39.9% for 2023 and uh, kind of being flat for 2024, but still that's 39.6% of growth uh, in revenue by the end of 2024. So that is definitely growing. Uh, the dividend, a uh, small growth of uh, 1.3%, uh, but their dividend payout is super low at only 5%. So they have uh, 18 times the dividend coverage. They're not known as a dividend company, but uh, they, they could certainly grow it. Uh, as lithium takes off more and more. We have an 84% discount on trailing PE. We have a 57% discount on forward PE. So I'm thinking the uh, the revenue's going up. We, we've got a lot of catalysts there. There's a lot of need for lithium. Uh, we're getting a lower entry point on uh, PE metrics. The price to sales is also a 45% discount compared to their five-year average. It's sitting at a two and a half. Uh, five-year average is four and a half. So uh, I think you're getting a decent entry here on Albemarle. Uh, so that's my humble opinion. You can do with that what you want. Uh, definitely do your own research. But uh, I, I definitely like the positioning of the business and where we're at right now for Albemarle. So I threw it in this one to see if maybe you guys agree with that one. But I need your votes 
in order to know what you're thinking. So go over to Facebook and, and hop on the uh, Let It Grow Investing page and let me know what you think about these names. Uh, number four, um, this one is going to be um, pretty much based on current events right now. That's uh, that's really what's driving me to think about this one. And that name is uh, Mattel. Um, you know, a lot of people are really surprised about the uh, the growth of the the Barbie movie out. And um, trying to pull up the uh, the numbers here, but they had a, I believe, record-setting weekend here for uh, for the movies. And trying to pull up just exactly how well they did. Uh, let me see here. We've got. Uh, I'm trying to get through some other news. Um, I can't find it. But anyhow, they they had a solid weekend at the uh, at the box office for. Um, the Barbie movie. Now, going forward, uh, I think they're going to be doing a lot more of uh, the. I think they're going to roll into a Bratz uh, movie as well. They, they've got a lot of other stuff that's planned that uh, hopefully can can really revitalize that business. So I'm looking at Mattel to see if maybe they're onto something. Uh, I think that their earnings is probably going to be higher on the fact that they've uh, set in some box office records. Uh, and we might see that uh, come uh, earnings time uh, in October. That is going to be on October 24th is their next earnings date. So they had uh, yeah $1 billion in global box office ticket sales. Uh, so that is a, is a massive number. Uh, insiders have sold a little bit of Mattel, but um, I'm kind of hoping that uh, this trend keeps going. They keep coming out with some more movies and some more ways to sell more product. Uh, we might get a revitalization in the, uh, in the, you know, Barbie business and, uh, definitely something that I think, uh, could be a trend going forward. Uh, and we might have an earnings, uh, surprise in, uh, in October. So uh, I'm trying to play that trend before, uh, it actually gets here so we can kind of get in at, uh, at a decent level and, uh, really try to capitalize on some of these trends that we are seeing out there. Uh, we're sitting at $20.45. The average price target is 24. That's around 17.3% of upside. Uh, let's get back to the uh, the snapshot here. I believe that we had uh, decent numbers. Uh, PE is probably a little high at 32.6 times. No dividend. But uh, yeah, that's, that's me trying to play a current trend in the market uh, and go into the name Mattel. M-A-T uh, is the ticker. Now, uh, number five. Uh, and I'm going to probably get out of here because I got to get going and get my day started. So I'm going to keep this probably a little bit shorter. Um, I was looking at uh, some beer, alcohol stocks, uh, Bud Light, uh, you know, that whole controversy. That It's definitely been a mess. I was thinking that maybe we buy the ticker Bud. Maybe we throw that one in. They did have an earnings surprise. Somehow they came out with positive earnings. Uh, and other names, I really thought that, uh, you know, Coors or... Uh, Sam Adams, I thought they were going to have a better quarter just on the fact that everyone was uh, not uh, touching Bud Light. And I really thought that could be a good play. But somehow they missed. And somehow Budweiser uh, made a solid earnings. I, I don't understand what's going on here. But that is a, uh, not the one I'm even going to roll into, right? I just wanted to say this is the amount of kind of thought process that I put into to planning this. So, uh, just if you could go ahead and get your votes in, I would greatly appreciate that. But uh, that that earnings was definitely a shocker here to me. Um, 
saying that their their stock is up, sparking buying in its bonds after they surprise with a profit beat. Uh, so that was one of the things that I wanted to kind of follow. Uh, but I really don't know where that business is going to go. Uh, I still don't know where this business is going to go that I'm actually going to uh, put in for the fifth spot, which is Target. Uh, TGT. Oh, man. I, I know we've had a lot of controversy around Target as well. And this was kind of the the back and forth I was doing between the two names. But Target, I, I really hope that they can get out of uh, some of this uh, this wokeness and, and just kind of keep delivering a solid product. We had a lot of inventory problems with them. We had a lot of woke politics problems with them. And I'm sure some people aren't going to vote for them simply for the, the woke politics. I get it. But uh, this one could be in a spot where we're going to uh, see more people getting back out and, and really shopping. And we're, we're buying at a discount from where this company was, certainly in the pandemic, right? We were sitting uh, in the in the mid 200s during the pandemic. And uh, I said that these uh, these dividend yields were way too low for me to want to get back into Target. I think I said that I wanted over a 3% yield on Target, and it's currently sitting at 3.3%. The PE is sitting at a 22.5%. Uh, the, the price has been cut in half since some of these peaks, and we're sitting at 132 Uh So a lot of the, the pain has been cooked into this one. Um, I, I think that uh, people might actually start buying Target stock again as it's a little bit safer than some of the other names. We got 31.7% of upside. We've got that 3% dividend yield. Uh, I think that uh, we, we certainly have uh, a mixture of, of calls here. We got uh, two holds, three buys on the first page of uh, earnings calls or price target calls, three buys, two holds on the next page. But uh, man, th this is going to be one of the ones that is going to be a battleground stock. Uh, I think it gets to a point where you kind of have to start looking to see if these make sense. And uh, getting that yield and getting uh, some upside makes sense to me. So that is going to be number five for week 33. So we've got Uber. We've got uh, MPW Medical Properties Trust. We've got Albemarle ALB. We've got Mattel MAT. We've got Target TGT. Uh, so that is the five names. I think they've all got a decent amount of upside from here. We've definitely got some... Uh, uh, momentum and a lot of these names, Uber being profitable, Albemarle uh, being in lithium, Mattel having Barbie out there, uh, and Target really just being oversold in my opinion. And uh, I think that we're going to see some uh, some buyers come back into this uh, this space as well. So get your votes in for week 33. That is all the time that I've got today. I need to get uh, kids ready and uh, get uh, another cup of coffee and get my day started. So I will talk to you guys and catch you in the next one. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, 
and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.